Okay, um, then we're ready to go. So welcome everybody to the Celesto Show. Today we have Eil with us, and Eil has a um, page on Instagram about Stoic philosophy with around 60k uh, followers, right? A little bit less than a that. little bit less. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, so um, I uh, I actually found him on YouTube randomly, just in my recommended page, and then I thought, well, let's invite him uh, to do a podcast. Um, so there we are, and today we're going to talk about um, Stoic philosophy and how it relates to masculinity. Uh, so welcome, Eil. Can you tell a bit about yourself and maybe how you started self-improvement and getting into philosophy? Yes. Okay. Thank you for having me on the podcast, first of all, on the show. <laughs> I My name is Alessandro. I'm from Sicily. I'm very young. I'm 19 years old, almost 20. And I have this Instagram page, uh, as you said, it's called 365 Stoic Quotes. I'm probably, yeah, I'd say I'm the, in the process of rebranding it. A bit because I haven't been very active on that for personal yeah, I saw reasons. It. Yeah, yeah, and I also have a product. It's called the Stoic Warrior. It's a little journal diary, you know, where you can write down how you feel, uh, what you're grateful for, and it has like a habit tracker, as you can see. And it's a oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, it's pretty useful, you know. <laughs> so you have been selling that through the Instagram page. Yeah, I am selling yeah this product, but also sell it via via Amazon organic um, discovery. So mostly, I don't know if you're familiar with Amazon KDP, the program. Uh, like right now, I just bought access to uh, the real world by Andrew Tate, and there's a and section there where you can learn about Amazon uh, things. So I'm I'm getting into that kind of. But tell oh, me okay. about it. What is it about? No, it's simply it's a great service. I think. Um, I really like it a lot. It's by Amazon. It's free. You can basically make your book. You can make uh, your product. Oh yeah, I've and... seen that. I've seen that in the mm -hmm. Amazon app. How you can do that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You make it go live. It's completely free. Of course, they will take a little bit of money. You know, you have a margin on that. But usually, I'd say it's cheaper than going. You know, the the traditional routes with the, you know. When yeah, like finding a publisher. Yeah. You mean, yeah, that's that's not gonna happen uh, in just a second, right? Yeah, yeah. it's gonna take <laughs> exactly. a while. Yeah, and also, also a little tip for you guys watching this: if you want to actually make a little bit of money on the side, it's a great side hustle. You said you're in the real world, so I don't, mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but I think it should be a side hustle there. You can actually make, as I said, your product there. It has, it can be any low content no content journal book whatever and sell it there for free and maybe i don't know if you have a little bit of followers you have some friends you can advertise a market to them so yeah it's it's going great now it took me one year mo almost one year to get the ball rolling to get some sales now it's becoming yeah, great side hustle. Doesn't take me a lot of, of time and uh, doesn't take me a lot of money, of course. So, you know, a little yeah. side income. So you started this page cool. like a year ago? I started this page, I, don't, I think, two years ago. But then, like, I hit a point. I had, I don't know, 1,000, yeah, less than 1,000 followers, I think. And I hated <laughs> the post. I hated 
the, the, the fact that I didn't really interact with people. I rebranded it. The name was the same, but the post, the, the, the design was completely different. Okay. So I rebranded it. I gave it this, you know, this marble, you know, branding stuff, uh, this font, the new logo, which is this one. Yes. And I did it all by myself. And people started actually liking it. And actually, uh, I got in touch uh, using, it was, yeah, by Fiverr. You know Fiverr? The, yeah. You know, yeah, I think you know it. <laughs> I got in touch with a guy who has 1 million followers. He has an Italian page. It's called um, Bukowski Citazioni, something. <laughs> oh, oh, it's totally Italian. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But he has like more than one million followers, and he asked asked me to do a couple of posts for him, you know, content for him. So I worked for him for a while, and he actually, I'm very grateful for that. Not for the money, because I have to be honest, <laughs> it wasn't for the money, but for the value that I got from him. Because you know, having one million followers, he helped me grow the page really quickly. Actually, I went from eight thousands to i don't know 30 thousands it's just like i don't know a month maybe to maximum yeah that's crazy man and then it helped me a lot it yeah and also one other thing i want to say about the page about having this following is even though right now i'm not very active it's true but even now i still receive a lot of messages it's crazy how you can impact, how you can connect with people you don't even know in real life. And it's crazy. It motivates me a lot. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for that. I really enjoy talking with other people, you know, with different backgrounds, ethnicities. It just, wow, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah, and you can also, like, um, because I see a lot of these pages who are, like, uh, who have, like, 30,000 followers or more. They, they kind of sell to people that they can like do a post on their account for like 30 bucks or something. Do you do things like that as well? Like promotions? Yeah. Uh, not really, not like this. I did a couple of shout outs on uh, stories, but yeah, mostly that. I once did a collab with another page. We were planning to sell some things together, but I didn't... To be honest, the engagement was very high at that moment. I didn't want to ruin it. So yeah. I just said, yeah, let's do like a little collab. Maybe I post you in my story, you do the same, but that's it. I didn't want to really Yeah, it seems like those, those pages like that do a lot of collabs, they are really like ruined. They don't Mostly, really yeah. post like good content or anything. Yeah. True, yeah, yeah. That's very cool, man. Like, like, what even motivated you to make a page like this? Was it also with the thought in mind of eventually, like, being able to sell your products on there, or was it just as for fun? Not really. Not no. I didn't think about selling something. To be honest, I started another page, and I wanted it to be first just like aesthetics, you know, those posts that just look good, because I thought, you know. They have a lot of followers. They 
engage with people. I just wanted to engage with people, you know? Yeah. And that's it. But then, and I actually got some decent results. I got like my first 1,000 followers and they were really active. They, it was crazy. It's not a lot, 1,000, but like they loved me. And then I just got bored because uh, the page wasn't growing. The, the, the content, of course, wasn't making me any money. And so I started this one because uh, I've always been interested in philosophy in general. Okay? We actually study, do study philosophy in school in most of, yeah, of the high schools that we have here in Italy. Basically, in Italy, you choose your direction Mm-hmm. I would say uh, so. Let's say I did. I studied languages in high school, and in the language school, you study philosophy for three years. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Exactly. Yeah, I find it very sad that I didn't get philosophy at school. It's like it seems like uh, the school system in Italy is kind of like a higher level education, because my the level of education that I followed in high school was too low to get philosophy in the first place. Mm-hmm. You just wouldn't mm-hmm. get it. I had like basic biology, but that was really it. Mm-hmm. No, no, actually, school in Italy is very hard. I, I don't know, maybe just second to China, but China because you know. Oh, China <laughs> has like hardcore know. stuff, right? China is yes. <laughs> a lot more difficult. Yeah. But yeah, when I talk to people from Germany, France, I don't know. It's it's they have. Decent, yeah, I'd say decent school systems. Like, not no offense, of course, to people from the USA, but it's completely different there. And I'm, I have a couple of American friends. It, it's different. Just just say it's different. Yeah, yeah I got that impression. Italy. I I have some like friends uh, who live in uh, who live in Italy, and I, I used to like game with them in the past, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about like what they learned on school and. It seems like the stuff they learn is way more nuanced and difficult. True. Yeah. And but I generally, I would say I liked philosophy. I yeah, I liked philosophy a lot. But we didn't really get into things like stoicism, for example. I don't really know why we didn't get, for example, into uh, Jung, for example. We just touched on Freud, and that's. That was something I was very interested Damn. about. Yeah, I, I find Jung fascinating as well. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very much into the, like that kind of literature, the mm-hmm. the symbolism behind it and the mythology. I think that's very interesting. So it's sad mm-hmm. that you didn't get that though, because I, I mean, uh, the only thing that I find interesting about Sigmund Freud is is just uh, the part of the ego. But besides mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. I think. Quite a bit of things that he wrote uh, are not some things that I really can agree with. Like just psychoanalysis, uh, when you practice it, it doesn't really seem to be working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. I think it's great that he started in a way. He kind of start popularized, I could say. Yeah, the this movement. But yeah, I agree with that. I I agree with you. I would say Jung is a lot. He <laughs> went. <laughs> on a yeah. different route, uh, mm-hmm. and I love that actually. Meanwhile, when it comes to stoicism, we, yeah, we touched on it a little bit, but I didn't like what my teacher uh, had to say about it. And it's funny because I also didn't like what she said about uh, Nietzsche, for example. 
Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you just, as a teacher, of course, you have to do your job. You study certain things. You have to teach certain things. But you also have your opinions, your values and whatever, right? So she enforced those values on you guys, like her personal uh, opinion or... A little bit. Let's say that she was um, she was saying, for example, we had a, a really nice discussion about Nietzsche, for example, about uh, the Ubermensch. Yeah, he, Nietzsche is from the from the Antichrist and the Ubermensch, right? Or exactly. It, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I I have kind of my own idea about that. I actually read it. I have like uh, I don't know what's the name in English. I think. Thus uh, spoke Zarathustra, I think. Yeah. And I actually read it. I don't think she <laughs> did. Or maybe she understood something else because she thought that uh, this idea of being uh, the Uberman, right, of being like this superhuman, is just to be able to um, make everyone submit to you. Okay. Mm hmm. And if you actually take time to read it, I think that Nietzsche, even though, of course, he had some problems and whatever, he, I'm very confident he was, he was writing with his heart, with love, you yeah. know? But that's what's so beautiful about philosophy, that, that also just the way they write, you can just see their kind of their charismatic personality or the way they, they write, like the, the poetry that comes out of it. I think that's very beautiful as well. Yeah. But but what I think, like, the reason she might have interpreted, like, Nietzsche's philosophy wrong is because, uh, of course, Hitler uh, kind of built upon that philosophy, you know, and that's why it's been twisted in a way, the Probably. idea of the Ubermensch. Um, because, I mean, he, he viewed it in a very toxic light, right, with the Jews. So mm -hmm. I can understand why she might interpret it that way. Yeah, but I also recommend to read everything from him because it's one of those philosophers i think that really put his heart into his works even though of course he had problems and we could argue about his mental health about yeah whatever but uh, i don't know the the way of writing i really like him especially uh, his late works and it's actually something that I also find in, uh, you know, Marcus Aurelius and Greek philosophers. Yeah, Latin it's fascinating as well. But you didn't get Stoicism on, uh, on the philosophy that you got on school. No, we did just a bit. And it's funny because she told us that uh, Stoicism was about remaining, of, how do I say that? Uh, stoicism was about not having emotions at all oh. and yeah that's not the <laughs> right way to interpret it right yeah i don't know how you feel about expressing emotions but we we were studying this uh this case this example it was about um i think i don't know how you say it in english i think zeno zeno in italian it's like zenone and it's this philosopher okay. that was making this example of uh, you losing your son. Yeah. If you lose your son, of course, you, you know, let's just be honest, you probably want to end your life. But if you do that, you just fall in this trap of emotions and whatever. Meanwhile, a stoic 
person would just sit there, you know, emotionless. And I don't think it works that way because we're still human beings. We're still, you know, it's nature. It's the way we are. We just, we shouldn't succumb necessarily to emotions. I, you mentioned uh, Tate. I saw a video about him talking about when you are, um, you know, a very strong man, maybe, you know, maybe you're very big, very muscular. And if you succumb to emotions, you maybe have this urge to kill someone, to mm-hmm. fight everyone. And instead, he says, adopt stoicism in order to be more calm. But that's different. There's a difference in between being calm, being, um, you know, yeah, being calm, being in control of everything, and just being emotionless. I don't think it works that way. I don't. Yeah, I don't really could... see that uh, that stoicism means being emotionless. It's more that, like, the way I would apply stoicism in my own life, and I have to say mm-hmm. that I I haven't really studied um, stoicism that deep, which I do want to get into. Uh, but I am mostly fascinated by uh, Indian spirituality. Um, mm. that's really what I'm most fascinated by. Uh, so right now I'm, I'm reading the, this one, the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah, so we don't, yeah, yeah. Th- this is a very good one. Um, but also just the yoga philosophy and, and meditation. I think that's very interesting. Um, but the way I would apply stoicism to my own life, it's more that, um, it's not like I'm not expressing emotions or I'm emotionless as a man. It's more that I know who I want to become in life. And I know what actions are necessary to come there. So when I don't feel motivated to go to the gym, I go anyways because I do what Mm -hmm. is necessary. That's kind of one of the sort of stoic mindset type of things that I practice. Um, But I I don't really feel like stoicism is about being emotionless. It's just knowing how to act when emotions arise. Mm, Nice. So you grab back the power of of this is how I respond to emotions. And it is, you do that in a very masculine fashion. Stoicism is very masculine to me. That's that's how I interpret it in a way. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because I think stoicism is kind of like the groundwork of of what it means to be a man. If you act Mm -hmm. in a sort of a stoic way as a man, you become very powerful. True, I agree with you. I I actually liked your point. I was thinking about a. I think I have a quote about that in my page. It's from Alan Watts, and he says that. You know the the reason why we feel sad, we feel happy, is because we should. <laughs> let me. <laughs> I know it's stupid, but let me explain okay. this. What I mean. Yeah. Basically, if you were to watch a movie, okay, you yeah. would want to watch a movie where the protagonist, I don't know, goes through trials and errors. He goes through something. He he cries. He fights, whatever. And then at the end, he wins. So he's happy. He conquers, whatever. And so what I mean by that is that in life, you have to experience those emotions. And that's the reason... I know it's a big take, you know, it's a hot take, yeah. but it's a paradox. But experiencing these emotions is the reason why you should live, and it's the reason why you are living. 
it's there's a difference between um, I know it's hard to it's hard to explain okay I have it in okay, my mind. That, so um, because you experience emotions that's why you're living is that what you say or it's okay it's very hard to explain let me let me try to rephrase that yeah um, you want to watch a movie where uh, the protagonist feels these emotions if you watched yourself crying from above it would be in a way entertaining okay mm -hmm. in fact actually since i did take some medications when i was little i don't know if you're familiar with like xanax and you know this oh yeah i've heard about those uh, medications yeah it makes you numb and that's what i hated that's why i didn't think the doctor gave me you know a good prescription because it makes you feel numb and when you feel numb you're emotionless as we said before you know when you're emotionless, you have no drive. Instead, if you're angry, if you're sad, if you're heartbroken, you have unlimited motivation, as Tate would say. Yeah. You know, those you can use those energies to create your world, to create your reality. That's why I believe when you are. That's why there are all these. Uh, I'm making. I'm. I will make a stupid statement, but a stupid thing is that you know when you go to the gym your heart broke and maybe your girl left you you make the best gains you know yeah <laughs> it's definitely. stupid but it's true mm -hmm. you use the energy that you feel when you're heartbroken when you're sad angry upset whatever and you use that to create something valuable in these cases maybe your earth your body uh, you know making money business helping other people when you know how to deal with these energies and with these emotions, you can actually, and that's one very important things, thing, you can actually uh, teach other people how to do that. And I think that ultimately uh, our purpose as men is actually, yeah, teach our sons, our family, you know, our tribe how to become better, how to control these energies, yeah. how to create better That's definitely things. part of it, yeah. I, I do think that a man should have a purpose besides his family, but True, it's definitely kind of part of, of what it means to be a man and what you have to do in a way. What you're meant mm -hmm. to do is definitely to be an example uh, for the people around you and to kind of help them grow in a way. I definitely think that's your responsibility. And unfortunately, I see a lot of men don't take that responsibility. Because, of course, we we now see in the kind of the modern day that this there's this sort of image that's being shifted under your nose of like, you can be whoever you want to be. So we are letting mm -hmm. go of masculine role models that, that mm -hmm. we are aspiring to be. Like, I think it's very honorable if we literally have a statue of, of somebody like Marcus Aurelius and, and we see that as a masculine ideal that we want to be like. But now we are like kind of letting loose of these masculine ideals because we are telling everybody that they can be who they want to be, right? Mm -hmm. So nobody mm -hmm. knows in which direction they should move. So also that touches upon the point that, and this is my question to you, mm -hmm. I think that it's very toxic if you tell your people that they can be whoever they want to be because they then they don't know if they are moving into the right direction. I think you can be whoever you want to be, but it's really hard to do that. 
<laughs> it takes a lot of dedication and before even before that it takes a lot of you have to meditate on it you have to actually know yourself and let's be honest who knows himself who knows themselves it's nobody. very nobody yeah, so that's the problem nobody knows shit it's like we we are trying to follow people who know more than us but nobody mm -hmm. knows what's going on everybody mm -hmm. is here in this physical reality and nobody knows what the fuck is going on but still we are following all different kinds of people because mm -hmm. we might think that they know more than us but they just had a different experience of reality so even if they tell us a certain thing we can only interpret that to like um eventually use it to in the way we perceive reality right so even reading philosophy uh, it's only when you apply it that the knowledge even makes sense and you can do something mm -hmm. with it mm -hmm. um but like real happiness I, I kind of think that in a way also philosophy and just knowledge in general um it interferes with your feeling of happiness because if you wouldn't know anything if you wouldn't have a perception of good and bad then you wouldn't be happy all the time right <laughs> so so happiness surpasses uh knowledge in a way i kind of agree yeah i kind of agree <laughs> but there are ways to go about that like the reason why and is i swear it's not to to sell anything but the reason why i actually made this product a journal a diary is because i think there are techniques and you know we, we can see it with marcus Morelius, of course there are techniques like uh, journaling that really make you reflect on yourself they make you reflect on your emotions on your mental health and as far as i can say uh it has helped me a lot actually i mm, i ordered a couple of copies for myself you know of my book i finished uh writing the first one when was it a couple of months ago and I, I have to be honest, I haven't, I didn't journal for, I don't know, two, three months, maybe. I, I felt, I did, I don't want to say I felt bad because, it, you know, but I felt different. I was less conscious about myself. So there are some things you can do, which is uh, journaling, meditation, walking, alone outside in nature observing you know all, all the thing now it's popular uh saying you know go touch grass go touch some grass is popular but that should be <laughs> like normal right how about how yeah how many people you know that actually take time to go outside and maybe go for a walk in nature observe trees you know look at leaves and stuff how many people actually do that? No, <laughs> Nobody. Not a lot. <laughs> yeah, we, we live as if we are separate from nature, you know? We don't see it as a companion, but more as an enemy. Um, and that's fucking ridiculous. I mean, I am the one who is going to be looked at weird if I walk bare feet outside. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but why? Like, walking on shoes is the weird thing. It's true, yeah. That's true. I actually know, <laughs> I know like in your country, you, you kind of have some people who do that. Like here, 
Yeah. Is is that how you see it from Italy? Like, because, what is the thing you do here about the Netherlands? <laughs> that people do that. Like, for example, I there's this stereotype about Germans. Of course, you know Germany is. <laughs> yeah. It's always this stereo stereotype nation. You know, about people actually walking uh, barefoot. You know. Really, I, in Germany. No, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, How yeah, can it be in Germany? Like, my interpretation <laughs> of Germans are that they are people that eat very fat food, a lot of meat, mm -hmm. um, and they are kind of rude people. That's how I interpret Germans, not as hippies. I didn't it's know true, Germans were hippies. But it's also, I think Italians do say that because Italians perceive themselves and are actually perceived by a lot of Europeans as very classy, very bougie, and actually, I mean, in the north, it's probably true. If you're from, you know, the north, I yeah, think uh, just, the like the Italian culture is is quite feminine. It seems like just the language, mm, the energy of the, the language. language. Yeah, That's like true. like Dutch. Mm. Dutch seems to be uh, very very much of a masculine, harsh kind of um, language, just like German. Mm -hmm. And then French and Italian are, are both very feminine uh, in the way I see it. Like, the the most beautiful languages are the ones that are feminine. It, it, uh, like, yeah. it, it seems like like every word that comes out of an Italian's mouth is just like straight poetry or something. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but also, like, in French language, it's like crazy. Mm -hmm. It all seems like that. Um, sadly, I have to say one thing. I, of course, I cannot speak for French people. I'm not French, but mm -hmm. it's true for the language. I appreciate it as well because I love the musicality of, of my language, of course. But I, I think it kind of also reflects on people. And what I mean by that is uh, we're very passionate people. We are very... We... We love to love, okay, if it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense, yeah. But, you know, if we acknowledge the existence of yin and yang, you know, the opposite is also true. And in fact, one thing that I don't like about Italians is that sometimes they're very fake, you know. You can have the very passionate, caring and loving person, but also the very fake, like, uh, you know what I mean? Someone who'd actually... Uh, treats you very bad. That's a problem because I've been noticing now that since Italy is very influenced by the USA, you know, especially when it comes to dating and yeah, is know, it this type of stuff? Now I don't want to say the usual stuff you find on the internet, but men are actually becoming a lot weaker, and especially in the south where I live, women, girls are <laughs> are gaining a lot of power and they make a lot of men simp for them oh that's <laughs> you know yeah i don't know how it is actually in uh in the netherlands because i just know that a lot of tourists a lot of foreigners they do love this type how we act how italian how south italian men act yeah, Dutch people mm -hmm. are very different from Italians. Like uh, here in the Netherlands, um, like the straight Dutch people, mm -hmm. um, there aren't really much of those anymore. It seems like most of the boys mm -hmm. in the Netherlands are either like 
very very gay or they they are kind of like uh the muslim people that have uh that have come to our country kind of like the street type of guy who wears like a nike suit right that's kind of what the what the white boys are trying to be right now um so there's there's like kind of a separation between like two types of people it's either like the the gay transgender uh nice guys and soy boys and stuff yeah mm-hmm. and the people who are like wannabe gangster type of people um and so we we have a lot of people from different countries here uh but but most of them uh, we have a lot of muslim people and mm-hmm. a lot of black people as well uh, and you know the problem is that they they all get stuffed into neighborhoods where they are with all of them together it's not a balance of the rich people and the poor people that live in the same area it's just like that's the problem like they can't properly integrate themselves into society because mm-hmm. they all get propped into the same um little town or the little um mm-hmm. neighborhood um so that's really a big problem there are certain areas in the netherlands that are like dangerous because only people uh from different countries live there and it's just a different world in those areas mm-hmm I don't know, it's quite different from me. Of course, we have like the neighborhoods where, you know, immigrants are, mm-hmm. you know, Sicily is very close to North Africa. So people from Central Africa who travel up to the north usually take, you know, like this illegal ferries to, to go to Sicily and maybe, you know, access Europe. But it's very different here because sadly, I am from a very dangerous city. Uh, it's actually yeah. one of the most dangerous in the whole Europe. You can search it up. It's Damn. <laughs> on, uh, it's like the it, it, it ranges between the first and the third usually. Um, it's the day the how do I say the crime is uh, made by locals, and it is sadly for locals because we have a completely different. Uh, approach to life yes we are very passionate about things we are also very how do i say that (laughs) you can be passionate about someone you can be passionate about your craft and stuff but you can also be passionate about your neighborhood can be passionate about stuff (laughs) i know it sounds crazy but yeah we have this culture but the kitchen is also like a big passion for Italians, right? Like of the, course, the way yeah, they cook yeah. and stuff. Of course, yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, Italian food is <laughs> on another level. I when I went, uh, when was it? A little bit more than one month ago, it was North Italy then in Germany. There are certain parts of North Italy I don't, I didn't really like. I and I thought actually the German food was better. Yeah, the German food is better. What what is like real German food? Like what kind of food did you eat? I mean German. I'm when I say German, I'm talking about Bavarian food. You know, because I was in Munich. Okay. But uh, <laughs> you know, I was like in Genova. I don't know if you know it. Like the no, city in the harbor, the north. They just eat focaccia. You know the bread. I eat it every day with everything. I just didn't. <laughs> I don't understand how they do it. But yeah, it was funny because I can see the differences from the south to the north. We, it's completely different. Uh, but there's also yeah. a difference in religion, right? 
Are there certain parts, like which part of the Italy has been influenced by Christianity over the ages? Yeah, I'd say like this, um, you know, because we have the Vatican City. It used to be a lot of time ago, the Vatican used to be very big. It used to take up like a bit of the north and like the center. But it's also true that the south was influenced by, you know, Spanish, French, and all this stuff. And in a way, since they had to rule there, they had to um, arrange marriages and get the approval from the church and stuff. So we actually do have a lot of uh, Christians in the South. Even It's a paradox, but even more than the center in the North. And the reason is because we are a little bit less, um, how do you say that? We're more conservative, mm -hmm. you know? So that's why actually religion matters more in the South. And when I was little, I didn't understand, you know, what this would mean now that I'm a little bit older. I appreciate it because that means that we still have some values, <laughs> regardless of what you, what religion you practice or what you believe in. If there is a country, I believe that, if a country, a state, a region, whatever, has a prevalent religion, it has prevalent values, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, it's better than an atheist country. I would so, rather yeah. live in like a Christian or a, or a Muslim country than, than totally like an American country with no religion at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's true, if we, I don't know if we can go a little bit off topic and talk about religion, if you want to. Oh, religion is part of philosophy, right? But, but I'm mainly interested actually um, uh, in what, what are like the, the biggest uh, philosophers of Stoicism and, and what books uh, have like given you the most information about Stoicism? Because I'm actually like, and maybe the audience as well, I'm actually looking to like educate myself more about Stoicism. So... Like, what did you personally use? And what do you know uh, are, like, the biggest books in Stoicism? Mm -hmm. When it comes, like, to a, uh actual definition of Stoicism and the movement and the philosophers, you don't actually find a lot of things about Stoicism. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, when we talk about, you know, the Stoics, the Sto Stoicism, technically, we're mostly wrong. Okay, we talk about other philosophers that are not stoic. But in general, what I can say is that uh, I know it sounds cliche, but Marcus Aurelius is a great starting point because a lot of young men could take something from him. If you think about it, he wasn't literally the Roman emperor. Like he literally ruled one of the biggest and most influential empires ever. Yeah, that's what I think is so insane about Marx Aurelius. Like, like, it made me very emotional to see kind of the position he was in because it all it also resonated with how I feel a lot of times mm -hmm. is that that there's this sort of insane responsibility that you have on your shoulders. And it seems like, just like what Marcus Aurelius experienced, like everybody who came to him needed something from him and you have a very lonely life if you are at a higher level of consciousness you know so when i was listening to uh, marx aurelius meditations uh, it really resonated with me deeply 
And I think mm -hmm. like the teachings of his journal, because that's essentially what it is. It wasn't meant to be a book. I think mm -hmm. the teachings are very valuable. I think like he's one of the most influential Stoic philosophers that has ever existed. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even yeah. his intent. That's what's, what's so insane about it. He wasn't a philosopher. He was just a, a, a Roman emperor, right? Exactly. And that's what I would suggest anyone who's new into a uh, new, um, you know, philosophy, stoicism, and just self-improvement, I would suggest him go search Marcus Aurelius, maybe read Meditations. Uh, yeah, definitely, number one. Then we could argue about, you know, Seneca, about his vision of time. That's cool. I, of course, I posted for content on my page, but I don't... Seneca? You say Seneca. 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 Yeah. Uh, what kind of books did he write? Did he write books? No, it wrote mostly like letters and stuff. You know, I, I, I think he wrote something else, but I haven't I'm read I'm going to search for it on Google. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you can correct me, but he wrote letters and he also received letters from other important philosophers and people i mostly know about those letters it's a cool read you know if you get into you know greece or like the roman empire it's cool you know but just a little read on the side meanwhile okay. i will argue that i don't know i just loved it as i said at the at the at the beginning of this um episode I just loved Nietzsche. I love the fact, yeah, this love he has for it. Okay, I, I, Nietzsche I, is like, what would you say his philosophy is? Like, he created the entire philosophy by himself, right? He's not really yeah. like a, he has nothing to do with Stoicism, right? True. But when you get into Stoicism, you have to get in, into him. Yeah, yeah, it's like a mandatory. At least for me, that's what I think, of course, right? Okay, so uh, what are the main uh, kind of teachings that you've picked up from Nietzsche? Because his philosophy is, of course, uh, you know, maybe extreme sometimes. Um, and also just the, the way his personality shines through his work. Uh, it kind of, I feel like Nietzsche takes you on like an insane journey through his mind when you read his book, right? <laughs> yeah. True. But if you take it from above, you understand, if you take it from above, you understand I mean, at least that's what I believe, of course, and that's what I took from reading him and studying him. I feel he had a lot of unexpressed love in humanity that we are kind of losing. Maybe it's because of this new society, of this, you know, the new dating market, the new values that society now have, but we are losing this love that we should have to, to do, we should see, we should desire for our children to grow stronger, to build a better society. And, you know, when I read Zaratustra, I felt that he wanted people to better themselves, to actually start loving each other and not to suppress, to oppress, to oppress or like make other people submit like my teacher thought. So that's why... I feel it's a great read. I feel you should separate what he necessarily says from how the intention behind it. I don't believe he had bad intentions. 
And that's also what I don't a think lot of... any philosopher necessarily has no. bad intentions because it's philosophy, you know. It's mm -hmm. more of just expressing what a person thinks to kind of try to come eventually to a conclusion uh, with each other about the situation. But that's what's so beautiful about philosophy. Like you never really come to a conclusion because there will always be somebody who thinks differently. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's very interesting. But would you recommend people like actually reading the actual work of Nietzsche or somebody who wrote about Nietzsche's work? Because it's very difficult no. to consume. Um, no, no, his right? works. I yeah? Because I studied him first and then I read it. I studied him, I'm talking about uh, in school. Then, like, yeah. I got this bonus from Italy where you can buy, like, books and stuff. And I actually started reading him after, when I finished him at school. And I saw the differences, you know? It's different. Yeah, it's different, I would say. Actually, I would say, when we started studying him, there was, like, a little introduction that said, uh, beware the fact that, um many yeah many people think that he was a nazi philosopher he was hitler's philosopher and stuff like that but he, they said in the introduction uh, it's not true because he already i think he died i don't remember he died uh, before he, that and he then died before his sister, age right and yeah and then his sister um gave you know the the, the hitler and stuff she gave them uh, his works and the ideas and the values, you know, if it makes sense. So literally in the introduction, it said it's different. It doesn't necessarily have to be connected to it, but still a lot of people believe that it was connected. And I don't know. So yeah, Hitler made say, use, use of his philosophy because he thought that the, uh, the, he wanted to like see the 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 Germans as the Ubermensch, right? And then yeah, he I saw mean, the Jews as below them, as like a lower class of human beings. Mm -hmm. No, I mean I get that. I it's appealing for someone. Remember then when war the war broke out, when when actually he was in charge, Germany was like literally how do they say? It? Um, was at the lowest point ever. They couldn't buy, like, the average person couldn't buy food, you know, for his family. So I get why he was so popular, his teachings were so popular, but it's different. Um, government is one thing, the church is one thing, the people are, are another thing, you know. You are, we are all individuals, we have the Thankfully, we have the ability to think with our mind or our conscience. And so it's different. If you read it from, you can, uh, you can make your new perspective on him, you know? I think it's better to have your perspective on him. Yeah, I think Nietzsche is very fascinating. Uh, but I, I just, um, like, I, I like philosophy as a way to, mm -hmm. like, I just like, talking with people about what it means to live on this planet or mm, uh, mm, what mm, the goal mm. of life is, things like that. I think that's very interesting. Uh, but for for Nietzsche, for example, I don't really see um, how I can apply the philosophy to my life. Uh, I, I can see that with like Indian spirituality mm -hmm. because uh, the way that has helped me already, uh, and I, I've actually recently gotten into the teachings, the way that mm -hmm. has helped me is just insane. 
like it it helps me grow as a person um and it, like i feel like the most western philosophers is just more of um they give you kind of a lens that you can look through the world um mm -hmm. and i think that's very interesting as well but it's not it's not that practical it's not like you can apply it to your own life uh with stoicism that's very different i think that's very valuable to you know learn those teachings and apply them in like how you are as a man mm -hmm. i think stoicism yes it does help you it could help you i mean not it's not uh it could help you live a better life easier did it help you way. live a better life uh yeah i would say so <laughs> and <laughs> which teachings hmm? which teachings what? in particular um in general the these techniques that i told you about you know generally meditating and stuff but yeah generally marcus aurelius has part me a lot and i'm a very emotional person i get very emotional i i don't know maybe i'm just italian <laughs> no but, oh, like, but i'm also a very emotional person so would you say yeah. that you are like a sensitive individual yeah a lot i'm very empathetic i'm very i like to absorb other people's energy and now that i'm more mature i really meditated on it on this topic on this i can be outside absorb other people's energy but still live my life not be affected by the negative energies that are also true and that are also around me Oh. Yeah, that's something I, I really experienced a lot as well. It's like, mm -hmm. um, you, you know, you said that you have had medications when you were younger. Yeah. Did yeah, they yeah, diagnose yeah. you with, with like ADHD or something like that? No, 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 never. Actually, I mean, of course, depression is the usual one, you know. <laughs> uh -huh. Now it's super common. But it was because I didn't go to school for one year. But I didn't, it's funny because I didn't go to school, but I never lost uh, the year. I actually got promoted with very good grades. And so what happened was a lot of people felt uh, jealous of me. And I felt that like, and I started like feeling super anxious and like I would, yeah, I would feel very, very bad in class. I couldn't stay calm. You know, now it's different, of course. It's been a couple of years since that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But definitely, yeah, they prescribed me some things that I didn't really agree with. Xanax being one of them, for example. It makes you feel numb. It makes you feel emotionless. When you are, when you don't feel emotions, it's like you could die at any moment. And for a yeah. depressed person, it's not a good thing. Yeah, so for how long have you taken those medications? Uh, not long, because when it comes to Xanax, I actually decided to stop on my own, because I, I didn't like how I felt. So maybe... Yeah. I think it's very toxic to take those kind mm -hmm. of medications. Like, I really feel like that's a, a wrong way to treat depression, because they say they treat depression. But it's mm -hmm. like, I feel like the depression is always a, a symptom of the problem, you know? Because there's always a reason why you feel that way. So if then you, you're you going to suppress the symptoms, suppress the way a person feels, um, 
does, it just doesn't work like that because you're not mm -hmm. dealing with the root cause of it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So w when you would stop the medications, the problems would just come back, right? It's not True. like they will be gone. They will just be suppressed even more. And you know what? I don't want to be the, <laughs> the angry tater of the situation. But you know when I actually got out of my depression, <laughs> my depression is when lockdown happened, you know, and I started doing, I started taking, you know, online classes. I started working out. I started eating a lot healthier. I started talking more with my friends. And actually, you know, since I couldn't, see my friends i started building better relationships with the people that i actually liked and who liked me back you know and when i got out of when we got out of lockdown i was 10 kilos lighter i had some muscle i um, my skin was glowing i was feeling better i was a completely different person that's great. I don't want to yeah. say, you know, he, Andrew says like, oh, depression isn't real. I don't know how you feel about that. But I get his point. And I agree with this point. Because I felt that I experienced the same thing. So, No, I, I just think like the way I kind of interpret how he states that is like, you know, he always states things in like a very extreme way. Of course, uh, it's marketing. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's <laughs> why that's why he he is so popular. That's why he's the most searched man on the planet. On Google, exactly on the internet. Um, but I would say I agree that like most mental health disorders are not disorders, but they are just a simple result of what a person has been through. So I think depression is not real. I think feeling depressed is real, and I think. OCD, like symptoms that people experience with OCD or ADHD, I think they're all real, but they're all a simple result of the experience that a person has had. And um, like most most things, it's always blamed on genes or whatever, that you have a, a mm, gene, mm, mm. but but it's, it's not true. Like th there's only like maybe 1% of mental health disorders or just disorders in general are purely mm. genetic. You have the gene and you will get it. But depression or addiction or OCD, ADHD, autism, all those things are not genetic. They might have a genetic component, but that's just the sensitivity. The people who are prone to get depression and ADHD are sensitive people. Like you just explained that, that you've, you are very much uh, experiencing like energies of other people because you're a very empathic person. So that means that when you are happy, you're more happy. But when you're sad, you're more sad. You're more sad. So, yeah. so all all people with ADHD are simply sensitive people, and it's because of the shit they have experienced in their life that that they show these symptoms. Because apparently, uh, it is there for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. How can it and it, can a gene possibly influence somebody's behavior? It's just dumb, because the the brain will change dependent on the on the things it experiences in its life. So the behaviors that are there are there for a reason, you know? I think they're there because they you needed them to survive in childhood. That's why those behaviors arise. Sure, it depends a lot of, on, on, a, on a lot of factors, but a little hot, hot take is that I believe this is not necessarily science. I don't know if there's any scientific you know, literature behind it. 
but I believe we maybe could have a certain degree of influence on certain genes. So <laughs> I believe, I don't know, maybe it's delusional, but I believe that now that I'm doing this work and that I'm better, bettering myself, I believe that I can, that my, my children can grow stronger and have a, less of a, a tendency uh, to being uh, depressed and all this stuff. I don't know. I do think so. I do think it can influence genes. But of course, only to a certain mm -hmm. extent. Like you can, of course, not not really change uh, like the color of your hair. But but like if we look at mental health, I definitely think you can influence genes. But it's more like I feel like, and that's that's what I find so interesting about the Indian uh, spirituality uh, and yoga mm -hmm. philosophy, is that I feel like what influences you the most is just energetically that you have this entire karmic baggage of your uh, generations that have come before you in your family. So it's more that um, because there there's this certain energy in your family mm -hmm. that has been there for such a long time that you will definitely be um, kind of the same as the family mm -hmm. members before you just because the same situations and the same philosophy and perception of good and bad has been passed on for generations. So I even think that genetics are even a result of that. Um, because if we look at like True. basic biology, um, you know, Darwin would say the same. Like the, mm -hmm. the Darwinian view of the world, it's like the, the organism changes dependent on its environment to survive, you know, survival of the fittest. So if somebody would have a gene for ADHD, which is sensitivity that is inherited, it is there for a reason. It is there because it will help the individual survive more in the environment that they grew up in. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the genetic component, but that still doesn't explain why the gene is there, right? Because the <laughs> gene is also there because of the environment. So it's crazy, but nobody thinks about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just think we have a lot of, <laughs> I like to call them dormant genes, and we also have like some genes <laughs> that are influenced by these energies and it means of course the environment family and whatever i also think we yeah when it comes to dna we really know nothing <laughs> i yeah. think we have we don't really some, know that much yet yeah so we do we do think we know everything but that's really yeah. not the case no but i do think we have some control as i said to you know, yeah, maybe not necessarily changing our hair color. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> oh, bro, somebody joined the stream. It, it's an outlier. You know him, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Hey. Uh, he says, he says, what's up, lads? <laughs> How is it going, Kevin? Uh, okay, wait. My phone is dying, I think. And I don't know. Maybe in the future we would actually, maybe we will see some studies about that i don't know i'm pretty confident there is something we don't know that we could benefit from i think how do you um, think um the future is gonna turn out i think oh, that's a great, i think great that we are gonna experience uh very much of a, a flip of reality uh, mm -hmm. in in our age i think we are gonna uh, experience the end of the world before i die i, yeah. I guess we will experience kind of a revolution that will come what do you think about that? 
I don't know. I may. I don't know. I <laughs> I might agree. It it sounds very scary, but I think it's uh it's gonna happen. Like, you know, can you imagine the world in a hundred years? I can't imagine the world in a hundred years at, at the speed we are growing right now. The new inventions that are coming out. I just can't imagine it. I think I we won't have a world in hundred years anymore. Yeah, it's That's scary to question. think about. <laughs> it's it's scary to think about, but there there is uh, gonna have to be something that will shift. I do not necessarily think that the entire world will be fucking destructed and everybody will be dead. But I do think that there there has to be a shift in consciousness that will happen. And that we are going to, you know, just like uh, the Stoic uh, men say, it's like we are going to have to find a way that we can live more in alignment with nature. So in our, let's say, evolutionary process, we are just going to have to take some steps back so we can live more in alignment with nature. Um, and if we can do that, uh, which is first of all going to require us to have a lot less people on this planet, I think then we might still be able to save um, the entire world, you know? Because I, I do think that um, it won't uh, take very long until we reach the end of this stuff, of this physical yeah, existence. Yeah, I'd say we're at a tipping point, you know? Yeah. I would agree with you on that. We'll see. <laughs> but that's a great question. I encourage actually we viewers to maybe yeah, write down what they think about it. It's we'll see. Yeah. So but but what do you think is gonna happen? Do you have no idea or do you have a bit of a view on it? Maybe yeah, as you said, we're progressing really quickly. Uh, you know, usually people would respond as, you know, oh, the skyscrapers, flying cars, whatever. Maybe, yeah, it could happen. But the the, the shift that that is coming is in our mentality. I, I believe that we are seeing with what happened with banning Tate or now with Kanye, for example. Mm -hmm. We are seeing that there is a power that I always, of course, believed is... Uh, doesn't doesn't want people to actually uh, grow to better themselves to acknowledge that we are <laughs> how Andrew would say we are in the matrix, you know? Yeah. Um, I and do I, think I, we are in the matrix. We are in the matrix, of course. I always said that even to my friends, but I also now that I'm older, I I, I understand why there are certain forces, there are certain entities on us in the matrix if you imagine if you were the richest man in the world and i'm not talking about rich like as elon musk i'm talking about powerful like the one who controls you wouldn't want people to you know have like revolutions and break out like you know you wouldn't want a still place the problem is, of course, that these entities do not only want a quiet, still, calm environment. They just want to be uh, lucrative. They want to be... They entertain this idea of people being slaves. And, you know, sometimes someone tries to break free. They start to understand that we know nothing, as you said. Then we are just having this spiritual experience and we have to absorb everything we see you know to grasp a little bit from and 
something happens, you know? Some people become leaders, some people become, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's why Tate became this popular. It's, of course, because he's very good with words. He's a great marketer and yeah. he's a great salesperson. Let's be honest. He, he knows but, how to use language to, to yeah, make people exactly, pay attention to exactly. him. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's the only role model, whatever. <laughs> he's is, very stoic as well, right? He's very stoic. I believe so, yeah, yeah. I think there are, there is, there are a lot of people like him. He's just a very good marketer. But I believe there are a lot of people who are as, as strong mentally as him. Of course, not necessarily as rich as him, but that in, in the, it doesn't matter. Even though I want to say one last thing about this, uh, I think Tupac said, uh, like, make money first, then go to war, something like that. And of course, if you are inside this matrix and you want to, 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 to fight this uh, structure, like this, how do I say that? You are inside of this matrix. You have to to be uh, to understand the rules of the matrix of this uh, program, which is, of course, you need money to survive. You need money to do things, and it's genius to build your businesses to have your money, because with money you can actually attack then the system. Yeah, but. In fact, I do believe that people like Tate are actually very spiritual. What you yeah. see is just the material side because, of course, it's what sells. But on the private, probably, despite all the material stuff, they're very, you know, into philosophy, probably. <laughs> they're very spiritual. And they do both the physical work and the spiritual work, if we can call it this yeah. way. I definitely think he knows what he's talking about and that he has way more knowledge than he shows to the world. True. Um, because you, you don't just become the most searched man on the planet. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely think he has some knowledge that we don't have. Um, Can I ask you one thing though? Yeah. Because well, do you believe there's such thing as, uh, you know, I think you've heard about doing the spiritual work yeah. Not necessarily for yourself. I'm talking about for the planet. Do you believe in that? Do you believe you can change the world by doing certain things? You mean that you can influence the rest of the world by your own the, actions? How, yeah, there are a lot of people that believe that by changing our actions, changing our thoughts, uh, our mental patterns, we can actually change the program of, you know, uh, we can change the matrix, we can change the, um, how, how the word okay, is but So your, is your question specifically about the matrix or just the well-being of the planet overall? Both in the sense that depending on what's happening, you know, people feel certain way. Well, I, I definitely think that an individual can definitely um, influence the greater public, but it depends mm -hmm. in what way. I mean, obviously, if I make YouTube videos uh, that help people, I can influence uh, people. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think that on a non-physical plane, 
like spiritually you can already influence a lot of people mm-hmm. just by simply um I, I really believe that if i think about someone and i try to send them love that i can really uh help them in a way um and that that just comes from the you know the indian spirituality or buddhism or whatever um they're really very much into karma karma is one of the biggest things of the indian philosophy Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely think that you can influence other people's karma and just, you know, if you are around a very enlightened guru, the mm-hmm. way he can energetically influence you is just insane. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I definitely think that if I really go with an open heart into a world with good intentions, I can definitely influence the greater public. Mm-hmm. But it is still dependent on uh, the individual that I'm influencing, whether or not something changes. What about events happening in the world? A lot of people gather, you know, they do like gatherings to try to influence how the how things are, how things happen in the world. You know, maybe we, of course, we've seen what happened in the last two years, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of people that believe that without taking physical action you can actually influence, you know, how things go. Oh, I definitely think that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but not to just random people. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, uh, I just believe that just by nature itself, just every action that you do, even every mm-hmm. thought you have, has an influence on you, of course, but also on the rest of the world. Because, um, you know... Uh, unfortunately, you, of course, didn't really get uh, a lot about Carl Jung in, in school. But I really believe in the collective unconscious, that there's some kind of unconscious domain uh, in our brain that we derive information from. And this happens unconsciously, so people don't know that they are doing this. Um, mm-hmm. But I really think that if in Italy there are 10,000 people um, who have... Um, for example, they did some experiences with that. If in Italy there are 10,000 people who did a crossword puzzle, and then in the Netherlands um, there's another 1,000 people who do this, I think the more people that do it, the easier it becomes because we derive hmm. this information from the collective unconscious. And uh, this idea that, that nature itself sort of has a memory that we can all derive from, uh, this is an idea that Rupert Sheldrake um, it's kind of a, he's a biologist and a, a good mm-hmm. friend of Terence McKenna. Uh, yeah, 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 you know Terence McKenna. Okay, yes. great, great. I didn't know that you knew him, um, but that's that's cool. Let let's talk about that in a bit. Um, but so he's a a very good friend of Terence McKenna, and um, fortunately Terence McKenna is dead already. Um, but th- this this hypothesis that there's sort of a um, sort of a memory of nature that every being seems to um, every being seems to derive sort of information out of this um, unconscious thing that um, a mammal or whatever just knows what to do unconsciously like yeah. a butterfly knows what to do how does he know he's not even conscious the butterfly isn't conscious but for some reason he knows and all other butterflies knows all dogs know how to behave like dogs. You don't have to tell them how to do that. 
So apparently there is something that they derive that from. And then, then it becomes very psychological and spiritual. And I definitely do think that there is something beyond this physical existence. Like if people don't believe that, I really feel like they have absolutely no knowledge of this existence. It's just stupid to believe that the physical mm-hmm. dimension is the only thing that exists. It's just dumb. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that you said that you talked about this. I actually asked you this question because I also think that if in the world, like, I don't know, half of the population was uh, having, if half of the population had good intentions, had love, real love, unconditional love, you know, Christ love, if you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. their heart, I don't think these entities could work like they are doing now. I mean, that's what I believe, of course. I I don't know. I just think that... And I think that right now, the shift, this shift is happening because more and more people are waking up to this reality, are understanding how actually things yeah. work, how they are controlling us and whatever. Yeah, that's kind of and, proves my point, right? As I just said, it's yeah. like more and more people are now seeing it. And that's why there's mm-hmm. something that is shifting because it impacts the unconscious that people derive their information from. So the more people will start to realize something, eventually there will have to be a shift. But that's also mm-hmm. because I feel like I feel like all the people that are on self-improvement are yeah. people who have eventually um, consciously... Um, kind of arrived at a certain point in their life where there was a maximum amount of suffering. And when you reach mm. that maximum amount of suffering, that's when uh, kind of a revolution needs to be started. And this also just happens publicly, you know? Um, if we just look at culture in general, you always sort of reach a limit where there's too much suffering or too much mistakes that have been made. And then there's a, a revolution that needs to be started and this this just also happens on the level of the individual if you experience too much suffering at some point you reach a limit and then something has to change and we haven't reached that limit yet but we are approaching that limit and that's that's when i think there there will have to be something that shifts and i do not think that artificial intelligence is a good step um i think <coughs> being more aligned with nature is a good step mm-hmm. Um, I can see a, a world of people operating with love and being aligned with nature because if we were to actually <clears throat> uh, go on the artificial intelligence robots and stuff route, we wouldn't be operating with love in our heart. We wouldn't be operating with, I don't know, yeah, just... I can't imagine that that this will turn into a good direction if we yeah like artificial intelligence is already a thing right now but now it's more of like course. now it's more like with um um with uh how you say it, the algorithms of youtube and instagram whatever um and that's already kind of uh, you know it's just scary that all these things like they can be used in a good way i definitely think of that course. we can benefit from artificial intelligence um but it can also be used in a very wrong way. And 
unfortunately, the people that are in power, you know, the position that used to be of the Dalai Lama, a spiritual advisor, is now a economic advisor. So it's all about making money. There's no spiritual leader that's going to tell a leader like, oh, this is how we are going to do it because that's better for the general public. It's mm -hmm. It has to be better for the wallets of the rich people. Um, so if artificial intelligence comes, then I think it will fuck up the world. I think the entire mm -hmm. world will be fucked by artificial intelligence. <laughs> yeah, really. And it's scary yeah. to think about it because I really think we'll, we will experience like a big revolution in this age. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's funny because they don't even benefit from money, to be honest. <laughs> money is not even real in a way. How, how Imagine if you were the richest person, as I said, in the world, you wouldn't care about money. You just care about power. It's crazy. Yeah, but money, about money is also power, right? That's why, yeah. The, money is the key think, to power. Exactly. We think that money is just like, I don't know, oh, I have to buy the house, you know, I have to buy the food, whatever. Of course, but that's like basic stuff, right? You need food to whatever you need. Money to maybe have a shelter, whatever. If you think about that, we lived for thousands of years without having money to buy food, without having money to buy a house, to buy a car. Now we have the money to do that, but we're still slaves. It didn't change anything. We're slaves, we're money. So they think they have this uh, degree of freedom while it changed very little. I don't want to say of course, it, nothing changed. The mechanics change, but the the point is always the same. Yeah, I That's think uh, if we go back in history, we have definitely been at uh, at better places. Yeah, I'm I think worse we are downgrading <laughs> right now. I think we have we are not growing anymore. No, at this no, moment, no, no. we are growing in certain areas, but the areas we grow in are areas that are destructive for the nature mm -hmm. of, of the human species. So I think we are moving yeah. in a very wrong direction. Um, mm -hmm. I agree. And that's, that's sad, you know, I'm, I'm very worried about it, but I at least, uh, I at least feel like I am on the good side of it and I want to be part of, of changing this reality. So I, I might be someone who commits my life to actually uh, helping other people overcome uh, what society brings right now because mm -hmm. all all people experience right now is pain and suffering mm -hmm. I'd say as long as you have as you think with your mind as long as you're conscious about yourself you have a conscience of course uh, I think you're on the good side <laughs> yeah because the program is about people not being self-conscious it's about people being robot life yeah you know? most people live in a totally an unconscious state yeah they don't act from from their hearts they act from unconscious patterns that yeah. they they've acquired and um the way mm -hmm. they've been programmed to believe uh, the world is just this entire life philosophy I've, i even think that christianity or other religions are also part of the matrix I mean, of course, it, it, it's normal. Like every 
thing that gives uh, certain values and stuff will be, uh, how do you say, will be part of the matrix. Because imagine if you can have something control people, like religion. And it's funny because now we are seeing that religions such as Christianity are being really heavily influenced by this program. You know, we can see that, especially with Catholicism, that's why a lot of people now in self-improvement, I think that's why a lot of people in self-improvement are talking good things about Islam, because it's a little bit more conservative. Yeah, people are seem to be more dedicated if they are Islamic. Exactly. They, if they are Muslims, they, they're really dedicated to their religion. I think that's very respectful. Even yeah, though I think that that Islam is very much the same as Christianity and is also yeah, made to control yeah, you, um, but I I do think like people can actually benefit from religion. I I definitely think that, mm -hmm. uh, but it also uh, puts you in psychological changes uh, or change. I mean, change. Uh, so it limits you in a way, uh, especially with the idea of heaven and hell, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. that really gives you this idea that that the current state that you live in is not already heaven or hell. Um, and I think you can always um, realize that heaven is already within you. Uh, and that's just the Indian philosophy side, you know? Wait a minute, I have to turn on the light because <laughs> you're going to even see me. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get dark. Uh, we are going to close off in a bit, though. Uh, I, I do yeah, have yeah, okay. uh, I do have one more question though. Um, oh, there you go. Wait a minute. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Wait, wait, wait. Give me a, minute, a second. Ooh. Okay. Yes. Is it fine because I don't have like the um, the headphones on? Oh, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I have one more question for you. Mm -hmm. uh, on your self-improvement journey, what, what is the books that have influenced you the most? Can you maybe grab them and explain a little bit uh, so you can recommend yes. some books to people? Good question. Okay. Let me, let me think. Let me think. I have one real quick. It's about <laughs> the material side because we also talked about money. Mm -hmm. it's a good read for anyone getting into business and stuff i know it goes against what we talk now but you know no maybe... just uh, recommend your personal books it's okay yeah yeah and definitely the four hour work week i don't know i just liked it a lot so definitely a good read then i also like I... yeah <laughs> i also really liked when it comes to just um, generally speaking, you know, having something to provoke a thought, to provoke something, I liked uh, George Orwell. You know, I don't know if you've read like 1984 or uh, um, uh, um, what's the name in English? Animals Farm, I think. No, I, I do not know uh, what you mean. Okay, I wait. Let me let me let me grab it. Give me one second.
these two. I don't know if you can see. No, I've not. Uh, I don't know about that. What is that? Is that philosophy? No, no, actually, it's um, George Orwell was an author that was experiencing, let's say, the reality of these this dictatorships that were happening the, the last century, you know? Because, you know, in between the wars and during the wars and after the wars, there was Nazism, Fascism, you know, Communism and stuff. And he experienced a little bit of everything. And he theorized about how society would work with in this one Fattoria di Animale, it's called in Italian it's I think in English is animals form, I think he theorized about how this communist you know, quote unquote society would go and it's funny because at first he was uh, on the side of communism then he fought against fascism and he realized he thought it was the same thing. It's so it's a great uh, a great read. It seems interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And meanwhile, 1984 is about the world. How would the society look in uh, 1984? When basically it talks about a dystopian society. You know, you asked me about how do you see the world society in a hundred years, for example. This is about that. You know, how intel um, artificial intelligence would take over, how, um, you know, we would act not by heart, not with love, but with money interests uh, in, in, in mind. So that's mm -hmm. a, another good book. Then when it comes more to spirituality, if you are into that, but I don't re recommend starting with these books. I recommend starting first with like something like George Orwell. If, yeah, I would say it's easier. But if it comes with, to spirituality, as I said, maybe Rudolf Steiner. I don't know. Rudolf Steiner. He... No. Yes. I haven't heard of it. I'm going to search it now. What does he uh, write they... about? Huh? What was his name? Rudolf. Rudolf. Yeah. Steiner. It's like S T E. I and I. Oh wait, but he's Dutch. He's Dutch or not? He's um, from Austria, maybe, or not? Mm, Cro Cro. I don't know how to pronounce that in English, but Croatia. Cro. Ah, from Croatia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. Wait, his books. He wrote Philosophy of Freedom. Tell me, tell me a couple of names. Yeah. Philosophy of Freedom, uh, The Way to Insight in Higher Worlds, ah, okay. The mm -hmm. Power of Nutrition. Okay, uh, okay, it's him. An Outline of he... Occult Science. Yeah. Okay. He has, um, an, uh, he has a book, it's called Theosophy, and usually it's regarded to his first work into um, his teachings you know it's not easy okay but it's made easier and it's very hard to explain let's say you're the average i don't want to say this stuff but let's say you're the average npc and you want to get 
into spirituality okay you maybe don't know a lot of terms that you might we might use you don't know how this energy stuff works and instead of going into the whole you know love attraction this and that that you see on youtube mm -hmm. i recommend instead starting with theosophy it's a lot harder of course because he talks about you know physical body spiritual body emotions how they affect you physically mentally the plane planes that you don't even see so maybe for the average person is very hard to grasp to understand but if you can it's a great read and it gives you the the chance the ability to maybe start reading uh, occult science or the one that you said uh you know, higher dimensions. Uh, I don't remember yeah. the name mm -hmm. in, in English. I have yet actually to finish this trilogy because it's very hard. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie, but I just like it. I I think there are a lot of good points about it. And let me give you one last thing. Okay. Maybe. Generally speaking, yeah, meditation is a classic. Now you have the physical book of it? Yeah, let me let me grab it. It's called in Italian is a little bit different. It's called Marco, Marco Aurelio. <laughs> oh, Marco. Marco. And yeah, it's very simple. I don't think. Would you say it's easy to read? It's easy so. to read because it's short. Uh, yeah. But the phrases need need to be really understood deeply. Of course. Uh, and that was very difficult for me, especially when I was listening to the audio book. Like they were the phrases were coming like fucking rockets so fast, and I couldn't even understand them properly. But I definitely mm -hmm. do want to go deep into Stoicism. Uh, but I, I don't know, like, besides Marcus Aurelius, um, I don't necessarily, unfortunately, I don't know, like, the main uh, teachers of Stoicism. Um, or the main there books. are not a lot of, like, as I said, actual Stoics. Uh, the usual Stoic philosopher you see is Seneca. Maybe you can try... Uh, mm -hmm. Look yeah, because at like, a... this, uh, these are like Indian spirituality classics and, you know, they are well known. Like, mm -hmm. you, you could just search for like uh, classic Indian philosophy books and then you will get these. But uh, I don't really know any classic books of Stoicism besides the meditations of Marcus. No, there are not. Maybe you can try, um, I don't know the, the English name again, uh, the letter about time by Seneca, but it's not, it's just like letters and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just a way of trying to understand a point of view. Just a way of provoking some thoughts, some mental processes in, in someone's mind, you know? So it's great, I'd say. It's e fairly easy, you know, because these are very short. And I think it's easier, for example, when it comes to meditation, it's easier to have to read the physical copy mm -hmm. because then like you take time you read like a sentence definitely take your time i'll probably read. buy it soon 
it's a little bit it's a lot easier not a little bit a lot mm -hmm. easier i don't think the audiobook is yeah and what else yeah i have yet to read i have the red book from Jung. i don't know if you've read it no uh, i i just i i personally i'm very much into Jung, but i'm not reading the books of Jung okay. himself i'm gonna read about people who write about Jung. Um, okay 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 so people like um robert moore do you know him Robert Moore, mm, maybe I don't know. He's uh, he, he writes a lot about Jungian teachings. Uh, he he, if I'm right, he wrote a book called King Warrior, Magician Lover, which gives you mm. like this basic understanding of the Jungian archetypes. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So that's that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. The Red Book. It's like a very famous, like maybe his main work. I've yet to read it, and then. And then other than that, I know it's a lot of people say read self-improvement books, read this, read that. It's fine. There are a couple of staples, of course, like Atomic Habits. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, for example, yeah, Carl Newport is like a classic author when it comes to general self-improvement. I'm not talking about spirituality, religion, whatever. But also... I would say meditating and journaling, as I said, are very practical things you can do. Yeah, you cannot with, just read. Uh, you, you just yeah, gotta discover exactly. yourself as well. Uh, it's fun to do, you know, cold showers, no fab, uh, this and that. But uh, what I like about journaling is that it's very easy to do. Of course, like it's easier than doing cold showers if it's minus 20 degrees, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but no one does it, to be honest. It's very easy. It challenges you. If you, ne if you never write with a pen, it actually challenges you. A lot of people like don't write. I do this shit every day, man. Uh, you know? Every morning I journal. Yeah, same. I've been having like this habit. It's... It's benefiting me. Then, of course, like exercising. But to me, exercising is like now that, that I have this habit, it's like normal. I don't even think about it. It's normal for me yeah, to. Yeah, same for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have one more question, though. Do you, do you know this author? Uh, this says in Dutch, The Power of Now by Edgard Holle. Edgar I, I know him. I. It was on my <laughs> Amazon wish list. That's where I got Oh, I see. <laughs> but uh, no, nice. I, I. But I know this author. Yeah, I know. That's very Have good you read author. It? Yeah, I'm. I'm reading uh, the book right now. Yeah, it's a very good book, and I'm also reading the Bhagavad Gita right now. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm a lot more into spirituality and psychology at this moment. Uh, I, I haven't really been necessarily reading self-improvement classics because they don't really serve me that much anymore it's at the start i, it, I think I they're very good to read like things like atomic habits or deep work um, very good books at the start but uh I'm, I'm kind of past that phase i feel like yeah I'm, I'm going very deep with yoga and meditation right now so that's why i'm very interested in that yeah mm -hmm. i'm yeah and right now i'm just to be honest with you i'm just reading more of uh just novels to pass time, you know, and, and to train my mind to, mm -hmm. to, to create new images and stuff because I have other things to do right now. 
But yeah, there was like a moment where I was reading Steiner, for example. I was super <laughs> diving deep into spirituality and all this stuff. So yeah, spirituality again. is fascinating. I, I like to read that the most. Yeah. Yeah. Same for me, I would say. Hey, is there anything uh, you want to say before we close off? Where can people find you? I put your channel and your Instagram page in the description. Uh, so okay. should they check that out? Yeah, I would. <laughs> I want to say hopefully in the next one to two months I will be able to rebrand rebrand everything, both the Instagram page and maybe restart the the channel. I actually had some problems with the with my YouTube channel. Not only my personal problems, like literally technical problems with it. Of course, people don't know it, but hopefully in the future I will fix it. I, but yeah, you can find me on 365 Story Quotes on Instagram and I'm open to discuss with you. I have a lot of people DMing me about their problems. Of course, I cannot reply to everyone every two seconds, but I love hearing other people's opinions, other people's problems, just share, you know, mm -hmm. my two cents. It's something that I love. Actually, tell me in the DMs if you're watching this video, if you've uh, reached this far, tell me how I should rebrand my Instagram page. <laughs> Give me like a couple of suggestions. And yeah, that's it. Thank you for having me. I am really yeah, grateful definitely. for the experience. I feel I, I'm really grateful to express my thoughts, my, my, my views. There are a lot of things, of course, I haven't, we haven't said. But I don't know. I'm just grateful to have some someone to connect with and who has similar values, similar views on this stuff, these topics. I don't know. I just yeah. I'm so grateful for that. Thank you yeah. for having me. It's definitely cool to be able to do that, right? Yeah. Hopefully, we can see each other maybe in the Netherlands when I come see my friends. Yeah, you have friends in the Netherlands. Yeah, the the one. Yeah, yeah, you, you told about the one that is studying here. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully again, uh, maybe. Yeah, that would be cool. Little, I don't know, calisthenic session. I saw the park. Oh yeah. Yeah, story. yeah. And That's the yeah, real the... stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Then we are gonna close off. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, you can check out uh, Il his channel. Uh, he's not very active on there, but he will be soon, right? Hopefully, yeah. Oh, and uh, his Instagram page is also in the description. Um, so thank you for listening, everybody, and have a good day.